Smarties, collectively, Steph and I have worked with learners with executive functioning skills challenges for over 20 years. Today, we are sharing what we know about these learners that the books don't tell you, and some of it may surprise you. If you are the parent of or the person with executive functioning skills challenges, we would be honored to work with you. Sign up for phone calls on our website, www.myedtherapist.com for Steph's business in Redondo Beach, California and everywhere, or www.capedtherapy.com. That's K-A-P-P edtherapy.com where we work with learners in my practice, CAP Educational Therapy Group in Beverly Hills, California, and everywhere. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 230 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And today we are talking about what books don't tell you about executive functioning skills. We have learned and seen so much and so many patterns in the learners that we work with. Let's face it, all of them struggle with executive functioning skills in some way. And if you want to go back and find out why we call it executive functioning skills and not just executive functioning, now go back and listen to our episode with Peg Dawson. We'll link it in the show notes here because that was a fantastic conversation. And I love when we have a conversation and it informs the work that we do in the future and changes how we think about something. So that was a wonderful conversation. But there's just so many things that... We know from our experience and interactions, not just with the learners we work with, but with the partners maybe we have as well. And (laughs) so we'll just leave it at that. You know, we work on executive functioning skills in all aspects of our lives. Yes, we do. And let's dig into our beautiful list. We have a lovely list of about 11 things yeah. that we know to be true about learners who function, who struggle with executive functioning skills. So let's dig in. Unless you want to talk about a TV show first, Steph? No, not yet. Well, when we record on a Monday and you haven't watched our Sunday shows, that's fine. I see how it is. I watched Five Guys a Week, though. I still haven't watched that. What is that on? I think it's on Lifetime. I hate Lifetime because it's not on any of my apps and I have to watch commercials. Well, you're still missing out. But this is what I deal with with Merit at First Sight. I have to watch commercials. Why don't you fix that? Do you know how many subscriptions I have? Do you have to watch commercials? Yes. For Lifetime? Why don't you fix that? And then I can just use your login. Because I'm not paying for cable right now. Oh, but you do watch commercials. Yeah. I would like you to solve the problem. (sighs) You should watch the show. Text me around 7.30 tonight. I'm solo with Elliot for the next few days, and I'll be ready for it. But I will not remember if you don't text me a reminder. You know, text messages need schedule send. I was going to say, I don't have a schedule send situation for you, so I don't think that's going to work out for you. If anybody has a way of schedule sending text messages, please email us at Rachel and Steph at LearnSmarterPodcast.com. I would also like a way of marking text messages as unread. Oh, yeah, but that's in the new iOS. 
You can market it as unread and you can unsend things. Yes. Unsend I care about less. It's not you choose. Wait. Those are all part of the new update. Okay. So if I was allowed to have my phone on while we were recording, I would insist my phone do the iOS update. There are really cool photo features. Did you see that in the new iOS? Like duplicates and stuff? I haven't really looked at it enough. I had to get a new phone. Right. You've been through a lot. It was done with life. Steph went to Walt Disney World and every day I was asking for pictures constantly. Yes. And finally you were like, my phone isn't working properly. And I was horrified for you. So my phone kept saying that it was taking pictures. It would go through the motion of taking, you know how you can see on the screen, it like takes the snapshot. Mm Mm-hmm. And then what I didn't realize was that then it wouldn't actually take the picture. So it was pretending to take a picture. You couldn't find it in your photos. It was not actually taking a picture. It was pretending to take a picture. And then sometimes it would actually do it and you would see it, but it actually wouldn't be there. Then there were other times where it didn't want to take a picture at all. I would press the button and it would just say, no, thank you. And then it would freeze, and then I couldn't do anything with it. So I was really struggling with the phone, really struggling. So a couple days ago, I got the new phone. Here's the thing. I am thrilled that it holds a charge and that it's not freezing and shutting off. So I am right now living the, oh my gosh, it works life, and I haven't explored the oh, this is so cool parts yet. Stay tuned for that. But yes, you can do the unread text messages. Okay. Email us at Rachel and Steph at LearnSmarterPodcast.com if you have a solution. Yes. In the meantime, Steph, I'm going to send you my favorite photo lady on Instagram. Oh, uh uh-huh. I'll give her a shout out. Her name is Miss Freddie on Instagram. Well, maybe we should have her on. Okay. What's the angle? How she organizes her photos. I love her. It's like my hobby. You know how they say like you should have a hobby? Mm -hmm. I think your hobby would be Disney and Disneyland, right? Yeah, one of them for sure. I like nail stamping. But like photo organization and like preserving my memories and my family's memories is something I enjoy doing. So I really like following her for all her tips and tricks. Okay, let's dig into the episode. (laughs) We've been told you guys like when we chit chat. So, And if you don't, that's okay too. Totally fine. It's our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about the first thing. And this is a really important one that I think comes up for parents when kids get an assignment that they need to talk about something that's personal. And they don't like answering questions that put them on the spot. So this might be as easy as what's your favorite food or your favorite restaurant or what's your favorite thing to do after school, your favorite color. Yeah, all of those things. Or what was your favorite thing you did this summer? Mm -hmm. That's really demanding on learners who struggle with executive functioning. It's a little less concrete. It's a little less Mm -hmm. black and white from what they've told us. They feel concerned that they're going to say the wrong thing and pick the wrong answer. And the assurance that there is no right answer is not helpful. And being able to use their memory to pull up the things that they do remember that they like is very hard. Exactly. This is one of those situations where choices are helpful. Or one of the things that we've suggested in the past is... 
if you're needing to do an assignment about that, they can pretend like they're one of their favorite characters. And what would their favorite character choose? Sentence starters can also really help. Yeah. In that situation. All of the above. Either ors are great. Oh, yeah. Giving multiple questions and saying, okay, from these three questions you pick and having one be a little more solid and concrete. So that might be when you're asking your child what they want for dinner or what they want in their lunch. Yep. This is what you're struggling with. So give them some choices. And it's the same thing like, you know, how when you go visit family for the holidays, they ask very generic questions about school and learning because they want to show an interest in your student or yourself and having a conversation with them sort of in advance about those questions about themselves can be really helpful. That's true. You can also help sort of facilitate those successful conversations and then let family members know, hey, we prepped for this type of question, just so you know. Or ask them about XYZ. Exactly. Okay, so the second thing that we know about students who struggle with executive functioning skills is that they want to please, they want to do well, they just don't know how. And this is a core belief and a core value of the podcast, I would say. Steph, I don't know that you and I have ever sat down and wrote our core beliefs for the podcast, but I believe our fundamental belief is that all students want to succeed. And when they're not, it's our job to get curious and not punitive. Yeah. And to understand that if they had the tools, they would do it. Yeah. And so that's number two. All students want to please. You want to talk about number three, Steph? For sure. So medication, there's a lot of feelings about medication, but knowing that medication can't fix the problem, it will clear the traffic, so to speak. So when we talk about using glasses, is it easier to find your glasses with the light on or with the light off? You still have to do the act of finding the glasses. So great way to think about it is when you're clearing the traffic, the educational therapy will show you what roads to drive on. We'll also add our always disclaimer about medication, which is we do not get involved in the conversation about medication. That is a medical decision. Number four is students with executive functioning skills, they know they are not organized. And what they do as a result is they tend to overcomplicate systems. They create too many opportunities and too many options of where things could possibly be. And rather than just having simple systems that are maintainable. So the other thing that learners really get stuck on is style over substance. Mm-hmm. We're talking about how the fonts the way it's presenting. Anytime there's a formatting (laughs) section of an assignment, that is where they are going to go and spend time first. And I don't blame them. Me either. It's fun. It makes it look nicer. Yep. It feels like you're getting something productive done, even though you're not. You're working on it, even though you're not working on it. Feeling accomplished, but they haven't actually done anything. So they get stuck in that style situation. And Going back to the overcomplicating of systems, it's overcomplicating of formatting. Mm-hmm. And then they use five different fonts and five different colors, and they have to change with each sentence. I've seen kids do that. I'm exhausted watching it. Yep. I feel for them when I see them sort of in that cycle. If you can get them to focus on the substance, the style can become the reward. For sure. That's a very easy tip if there are teachers listening. 
you tell them you'll give them the formatting the day before. Like you don't have to give the formatting right away to how you want it. It's so easy to format stuff. And I'll give an example of something that you and I are working on right now. Okay. We're working on a presentation. We presented last week at CASP, which is the California Association of School Psychologists. Psychologists. Okay, good. And we're talking about shocking executive functioning skills and how it impacts studenting. And in prepping for this, we both were like, well, we know we need slides, but we need to figure out what we want to say first. So we literally wrote the entire presentation and now it will be turned into slides. Yes. Right. We picked the substance and honestly, Katrina will yeah. do the style. <laughs> so, Yeah. Cause I don't want to get bogged down by the style. Yeah. That overwhelms me. And then number six is the tendency to hold on to things. And this is in quotes in case I need them. Students with executive functioning skills challenges have a very real fear yeah, and authentic fear because this happens to them of not having what they need when they need it and having that lead to complications. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, what it does is it just, it, it promotes hoarding of things that aren't actually important anymore. It's true. Which is why their backpacks and binders are a mess. Before they start at therapy, right? You don't need that pencil that is the size of an eraser anymore. (laughs) Steph, I was working with a client. Uh One of the benefits of working virtually is that, you know, we see their room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I texted you. I'm like, I literally just told her to go make her bed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she sat down like, do you feel better? And she's like, I'm supposed to do it every day. And I don't, but I do feel better when I do it. I'm like, okay. We'll just make that part of our routine so that she's living in a space that allows her mind to be free. So we're cleaning up her desk. Steph, she had five mason jars Mm -hmm. full of pens and pencils. She's like, I know it's a lot. I just need to go through them and see which ones are working and which ones aren't. And I said, no, you're going to go through and find 20 that are working And then you're going to throw out the rest because you're never going to go through 500 pencils and pens. And she's like, okay. (laughs) And and so flipping the script sometimes can be really, really helpful. Go the easier route. Yeah. The seventh thing is FOMO. And in case you aren't familiar, it's the fear of missing out. So the FOMO is real because they miss out on opportunities all the time. It could be something like, They miss out on something that's going on with their friends or missing out on something that's going on in the classroom or being taught something or knowing where to be when and what to do when. Mm -hmm. All of those things are hard for kids that have executive functioning skills challenges. So managing the FOMO and deciding what they can miss and what they can... Having compassion for it because they do miss out on opportunities. Yeah. Because of the executive functioning skills weaknesses that they have. Not because they want to miss cheerleader tryout, for example, but because they didn't realize. And that's an executive functioning challenge right there. Right. Or going on that field trip or doing that thing because they forgot to bring home the permission slip. Yeah. Things like that. Really sucks. Yeah, it does. Number eight is prioritization is challenging. A specific executive functioning skill that is 
incredibly challenging because they will, students with executive functioning challenges or learners with executive functioning skills challenges will focus on the things that don't matter and on the assignments that aren't worth much. And you have to be strategic about this, which is why it's so helpful to have an ed therapist who has the big picture in mind. But this is really difficult. And this is also something that is really triggering to parents when they see their students focusing on something that isn't that meaningful for the long term. Mm-hmm. The ninth thing is task initiation impeded by time blindness. Mm. And just to remind everyone, time blindness is the struggle with understanding how long time really is. And this gets in the way for task initiation, meaning when they need to start something. If they think that it's going to take a really long time, they're less likely to want to start it because it's going to take a really long time. On the flip side, they think it's going to happen really quickly, so they don't need to start early. Mm Mm-hmm. So, oh, I can do that right before because it's only going to take me three minutes and it takes an hour. So time blindness, either way, because students tend to overestimate or underestimate, usually, you're one or the other, about assignments and things that need to get done. And then being able to start it because of that gets in the way. Perfect. Number 10. Number 10 is a lot of black and white thinking, just like my learner didn't realize that she could just pick 20 mm-hmm. of those pens and pencils. Learners who struggle with executive functioning skills don't see the gray. They don't come up with a lot of creative solutions. So when you see the creative solution or you're offering the creative solution, I think using that language with them is really, really critical and praising that language with them and being okay with a solution that leads to learners throwing away a whole bunch of pens that probably work, but are never going to be used and instead just take up space and clutter. The last thing is, oh, and this is such a big one. And this is so true of learners who are bright. Yes. This is a big one. Okay. So number 11 is overconfidence about their own memory. So many learners If I can remember it, why do I need to write it down? Which is exactly the reason why you need to write it down. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example. I have been getting a lot of planner calendaring pushback. It's the end of September. Mm. The students that I work with that have been really good on doing their planners are now backsliding on it and only seeming to do it with me. And... I have several of them that have, when I've talked about what's going on and why things have changed, well, I remember what I need to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, that works today. You did remember. But then I had a student who said, well, I remembered most everything. Okay, that's also not going to work because then you don't have what you need when you need it or you haven't completed the assignment. And they are so sure that they're going to remember that that is their strategy. And memory is not a strategy. Say it again for the people in the back. Memory is not a strategy. It's not going to work. And it's just a matter of time before things fall apart. Because you can only hold on to information for so long. So as the cracks start coming in and the water is pouring out of the bowl because there's holes in it, 
eventually it's going to drain. So really talking to them about what they think of their memory, it's very hard to sit there and say, you know, as you get older, you're not going to remember the things that you always thought you would, because that sounds like your parents, but it's true. And if you use, if you rely on your memory so much, then other things get lost because you can only hold on to so much. There's only so much space, just like in an iPhone. So helping them really understand that they can't rely on that, it's not going to work. That they aren't the special ones that are the exception to the rule. I know they want to be, but that's just not biology. (laughs) So these are all the things. We hope that some of them resonated with you and that you have a different perspective on being able to talk to your children or your students or your learners or whomever or other adults in your life that struggle. Because remember, adults struggle with this as well. It's not just kids in school. So talk to them about this and see if you can have some meaningful conversations. Thanks for listening, Smarties. Have a great week. Have a great week.